Welcome to Docu Talks. This is Michelle. And this is Chelsea. So I thought I'd just do a quick bonus episode on the Rachel Divide to kind of explain a little further of my screw up and apologize to our listeners. So what happened was we recorded the Rachel Divide and um, Chelsea and I were chatting away quite a bit with it. So I had to edit it a lot. Yeah, we did get on a bit of a tangent. On a, which is it's hard topics not to yeah we really even before we recorded it we were going on about it so yeah. it, it was hard to edit that one down so it took me a long time so I didn't have it prepared for Sunday night and so I thought okay I don't have too much left I should be able to finish it Monday night and get it up Monday night so I go to work Monday And we have to do self-screening when we come to work to say that we're not showing any symptoms for COVID-19. Of course, the symptoms are like anything. You could just have a common cold or a flu and you've got the symptoms. So I screened negative. And then later in the morning, I developed a headache. And so for lunchtime, I I had a little nap in my office because I have my own office so I can lie down and have a nap. (laughs) Oh, my God, you had a nap in your office. I I have naps in my office every once in a while. Do you have a couch? <laughs> no, no, oh I just God. sleep on the floor. So I have a snug. I have a snuggie. I have a blanket. I have a whole setup that I can put down, and I have you a little have to nap. Be desperate to be sleeping on your floor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do too often, but you know, sometimes you're just not feeling great. Maybe you just you didn't get enough sleep, and you just want to lie down over lunch. So that's what I do. After lunch, I went in to see my colleague and I said, you know, I wasn't feeling well and I had a headache and I was starting to feel achy. So I was worried maybe I'm getting the flu or something. And she's like, oh, my gosh, you've got to report to occupational health because you now have been triggered for the COVID um, triggers, symptoms. Right. And I'm like, really? And she's like, yes, you have to call them. And and so I'm like, are they are these the symptoms? So then I had to go look it up. Because she was like, well, if you can call today and get swabbed today, or if you call in sick tomorrow, they'll just send you for a swab tomorrow. And do you really want to do it tomorrow? So I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I go and I check, yes, those headache and muscle aches were two of the symptoms. So I I call occupational health and I tell them that I have these symptoms. And they're like, okay, you've got to go to the emergency room. And I'm like, what? I thought you would just swab me. I can't believe they sent you to the emergency room. Like we have special centers that you go to and it's like, boom. And like, they're actually in parking lots. They're not even in buildings. They're like, it's like fucking hurricane Katrina stuff. Like it's these crazy triage tents. Yeah. No. Well, I work in a small town, so I have to go to the emergency (laughs) department. And so in the emergency department, they have a special COVID section for the crazy COVID people. So I go check in and they send me back there and I sit there for five hours. That was horrific. And of course, the nurses I work with have talked about how the swab hurts and that nose will hurt for days afterwards. So me and another guy I work with are in the ED and then these two other girls. So we're talking about it. And I'm like, I'm, of course, getting myself all worked up about this swab. Michelle. I had fought Chelsea. You would I've be had the same. swab before. No, I've had it before. Okay. When I yeah. had whooping cough. So when I was a kid, I had whooping cough and I had to get the crazy swabs like that they do with COVID-19 where they do like the massive Q-tips up both nostrils and then down your throat. 
yeah, I had to get that when I had whooping cough. So, and I remember it vividly from childhood. <laughs> and so you were anxious to get it now? Well, so for me, I was kind of like, I've already had it done when I was a kid. So whatever, if I had to get it done again, I don't think it was as big of a deal. I just remember it being a really weird sensation. And I was like, whatever. I'm surprised because listeners, Chelsea's a little bit of a hypochondriac. And I always tease her that she has a special star beside her name at the doctor's office. I'm a hypochondriac for having lots of illnesses, not for not able to deal with pain. Okay. I can deal with pain perfectly well. Or else I wouldn't have so many tattoos. Like, come on. <laughs> okay, good point. Good point. Well, I'm not good with the pain. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting worried because all the nurses were saying how awful it is and talked about patients' reactions to getting these swabs. So I'm freaking, well, not totally freaking out, but I'm getting anxious about it. Getting and an so then the, <laughs> And so then the other two girls in the waiting room were like, oh my gosh, we're getting worried after listening to you guys talk so I'm getting everybody worked up in the waiting room there and then after the five hours the doctor comes to see me and says oh yeah well I don't think you have it but you know we've got to do the swab and I'm thinking well yeah that's why I'm here so they give me the swab it's it feels like water's up your nose and then it goes a little further it hurts a bit but it's not so bad I have to say getting an IUD is much more painful than getting a COVID-19 swab. Well, yeah, a pap smear is much more painful too, (laughs) I think. I guess for me, like when I saw the pictures, I was like, why is everyone freaking out? Like I remember getting that done when I was a kid and no one warned me about it hurting. They just did it. (laughs) Yeah. You and your dad had whooping cough at the same time. Yeah, we had pertussis. (laughs) When I, when I was in, like, grade three. I remember. Yeah. And he was still smoking the whole time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we both had to get the swabs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. And we, we both were vaccinated. I will say this. Like, we both had been vaccinated against pertussis. But pertussis is one of the hardest, hardest things to vaccinate against. Yeah. You can still get it. So, and I also have an hour commute. This is part of the reason why yes. I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I didn't get home till nine o'clock Monday night. <sighs> and horrible. I was so tired. So of course I just went to bed. And Tuesday, I wasn't feeling too, too bad. So later in the day, it's usually worse in the morning when I'm sick. So later in the day, I finished editing the podcast and then I uploaded it to get pushed into the different um, applications that you can listen to it on. I don't know what happened, but for some reason, I uploaded Abducted at Plain Sight again instead of the Rachel Divide. So the next day, my friend texts me, because that's one of my few, our few listeners. She texts me and says, I think you have the wrong episode. And I'm thinking, oh, she just doesn't know how to work her Apple podcast. Because <laughs> I had to show her how to do it. Because I had to say, okay, here's how you go into your phone. And this is how you subscribe. And I had to show her how to do it because she liked it. But couldn't figure it out because I was just sending her the episodes. So, um, but then I go on and I listen. I'm like, oh my gosh, I uploaded the wrong one. So I did put a note on Instagram if people follow us on Instagram so then I thought, how do I, how does this get corrected? So of course I deleted it and I, I put in the new one, the correct one. And then I had to email the website provider people and they said, oh, it gets uploaded every 24 hours. But listeners, if you didn't get it, if you automatically subscribe and you automatically downloaded it, 
before that correction, you would have the wrong episode. So you'd have to delete what you have on your phone and then download the new one again. So it is correct now for anybody who had it wrong. So I thought I'd just do a little bonus episode to apologize and explain what happened. But my swab came back negative. But even though the the swab came back negative, so I was allowed to go back to work because I didn't have symptoms anymore. But I still have to self-isolate for 14 days. So I'm not allowed to do any shopping or leave the house. I can only go to work and come home and that's it. That's so weird that you're allowed to go work at the hospital, but you aren't allowed to go shopping. And I'm just like, what? I know. And I have to wear my mask the whole time, which was new. But during that time that I was off, because it changes so much at the hospital, Mm -hmm. you never does. That time I was off, they now made it that anytime you left your office or private space, or if you sit too close to somebody, you always have to have a mask on now. So I would have to wear a mask all the time now anyways. I always did when I had to see patients, but not if I was just going down to the nurse's station to grab something and and go back to my office. It's just crazy talking to you with you being in Canada and like how different it is in New Zealand because it's almost like COVID-19 doesn't even, it never happened. Everyone's like, oh, we're all good now, guys. (laughs) No, no big deal in New Zealand. Everything's fine. Yeah. No one cares. There's we, there's no social distancing, absolutely nothing, no signs anywhere that you would never know COVID-19 happened. It's yeah. just gone. <laughs> Magic. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. They haven't really let up. They've let up a bit on, on some things, but the nail salons still aren't open, so my nails are still a mess. And hairdressers and stuff and they haven't opened up the border to the states and I feel bad for my colleague because her daughter's having a baby in July she has a in mid-July so she's really hoping that she'll be able to fly down there in July but it's looking less and less likely so this week she's like well, okay, if I can't make it for July, if I can at least make it for August, if they open it up for August, I can, at least I can go oh then. Oh my gosh, I can't, like, I understand because she's, like, her daughter's having a baby and it's a big deal. But at the same time, like, you're putting yourself and that family at huge risk. And well, look, it's they, like a hot mess in the States right now. Who would want to go there? That is a hotbed. So. Oh, the other thing I was going to follow up with was I did ask the nurse at work this week who um, worked on maternity. I said, so when your mom has a baby, do they have to identify their race? And she's like, Uh no. And I'm like, so it's not on the form that you have to say you're white or you're black. And she's like, why would we ask that? You can't ask that. And I'm like, okay, I'm just wondering, because I had to explain why why I was asking, because it was in that, in this documentary. But yeah, I didn't think we did because I know there was, um, I worked before in a community that had a lot of Indigenous people. And when they came into the hospital, we weren't allowed to ask if they were Indigenous. They could offer that information, but we weren't even Mm. allowed to ask that because we did have specific Indigenous workers that could come in and support um, those patients if need be and help Mm -hmm. with the natural um, medicine and their, you know, help. Oh, the homeopathy. Yeah, yeah navigate the healthcare system with them if they had any special requests but we couldn't actually ask them ourselves when they registered oh, wow. and so I find it, yeah identify everywhere if she's white or black I just I I just find that incredibly fascinating 
Well, in New Zealand, anytime I fill out any piece of paperwork or absolutely anything, even like my cell phone bill, when I signed up to get a cell phone, I had to identify my ethnicity. Really? Yeah, they are insane about about ethnicity in New Zealand and tracking your ethnicity. And I have to identify as other because they don't give you, um, it's very limited options because they just want to know if you're Māori, New Zealand, New Zealand um, European, which means you're Pākehā white, or um, if you're Pacifica, things like that. And then they'll have like European. So I always have to identify as other. Oh, so they don't give you an option to decline to answer. No, you don't. Oh, because see, we get that on forms here, right? So if you have to answer your ethnicity or your sexuality, you often get a decline to answer. Yeah, so we have like for our gender, we have male, female, other, which I love that they have other here. Mm -hmm. But for most of them, it's if you leave it blank, which I have left it blank before I've been, I've been chased up. Cause then I'm like, you don't need to know my ethnicity. That's none of your business. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? It is. It was really, I just, I didn't like it. And I think that's what kind of keeps that institutionalized racism going and alive and well. Yeah, I agree. It really does. Yeah. Because New Zealand does have a very bad problem with institutionalized racism. So It's funny how other countries work because when I lived in England, I remember filling out my papers and I always say Ms. Even before I was married, I don't like this Miss and Mrs. So I always put down Ms. So my forms, I put down Ms. And then the forms came back wanting to know what my um, maiden name was because they automatically assumed with Ms. that you were divorced. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I said, I don't have a maiden name. I've never been married. Well, that's how they do. And I'm like, fine, I will change it to Miss then if that's big of a deal. But to me, like, this is is the whole point of Miss is that it's not identifying whether you're single or married and that, you know, judgment around that. Right. And I go by Miss because I think I'm too old to be called Miss. Like, I'm not young anymore. I'm like in my 30s. (laughs) All right. Anyway, I just wanted to give everybody a quick update on what happened with with my mistake. So I'm very sorry about that. I hope everybody was able to figure it out and get that fixed up. And our next episode, which is Fire Festival. I'm very excited for that one to drop. But it's so cool to hear from someone who's gotten a COVID-19 test. And thankfully, everything's good for you. I know I was a bit worried. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I was pretty certain I didn't have it, but yeah, I'm not too but thrilled you about that. You never know. You never know, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm just not thrilled about the continuing to have to self isolate for 14 days. So, but that's At least okay. you can go to work. Yeah, and that just means my husband has to do all the running around. Exactly. <laughs> but he'll tell you he does it most of the time anyway, which is true. I haven't done very much grocery shopping since this started. I just let him go. Okay, yeah. well, thanks for sharing, Michelle. <laughs> All right. Thank you, listeners. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye.